Hello and welcome to That Film's View. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Avengers Endgame. Every now and then, a movie will come along. A movie event of such gigantic proportions, a cultural phenomenon. Avengers Endgame, here we are. Just two guys telling you what we thought of this epic landmark in the history of film. Spoiler warning, right now... Avengers Endgame is in cinemas now. If you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? Um, You risk having the movie spoiled for you. It increases every day, every passing minute. Um, If you haven't already, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Cannot say that enough. More than any movie we have ever (laughs) reviewed. Spoiler warning. Kevin Smith got a lot of shit online, even though the heading of his review was... Spoilers. This movie is destroying the box office and records left and right. In its opening weekend, it has globally grossed over a billion dollars. This movie is an unprecedented beast that we may never see repeated for years, decades even. This is the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fourth Avengers film, the anticipated conclusion to the cliffhanger left by last year's Avengers Infinity War and serves as a finale of sorts to the MCU as we know it. Are we hyping this up a bit too much? I don't think so. Okay. I, don't th- I think it's all warranted. It's, <laughs> I'm getting more and more hyped, so it's hyping yeah, me Yeah, like we're, we're full of energy right now, right today. But like everything said so far, on the money. <laughs> like, you know, we can't say it enough. Like, it, it is unprecedented. Directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, um... Avengers Endgame stars all of the surviving members of the Avengers and their allies as they work to reverse the damage caused by Thanos in Infinity War. The plot was shrouded in mystery with only a few hints along the way, but Luke, after finally watching the movie and witnessing everything that unfolded, you have the plot. Spoiler warning. (laughs) The final time. Spoiler warning. Thanos did what he said he would do. Using the Infinity Stones, he disintegrated half of all of life across the universe. Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, rescues Nebula and Tony Stark Iron Man from deep space. The surviving Avengers hunt down an injured Thanos only to learn that he has destroyed the stones. An enraged Thor kills Thanos. Five years later, Scott Lang Ant-Man escapes the quantum realm with a theory that the quantum realm could allow them to time travel. Tony and Pepper have a daughter named Morgan. Bruce Banner and the Hulk have merged into one being. Thor is drunk and overweight, living in Norway. And Clint Barton is now a ruthless vigilante known as Ronan. With the team back together and with some new members, the Avengers travel through time to borrow pre-existing Infinity Stones in hopes of undoing the snap and bringing back everyone they lost. Wow. What a plot. <laughs> what, a, what a movie. I mean, there's... And that's only the first 45 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> there's, there's so much to talk about with this movie. I mean, just some of the things are listed there. Wow. It's, Let's get into it. It is one of those movies where, you know, when we sit down, we go to review it, you do have to just say to one another, like, where the hell do we start? Where do we start unpacking... This three-hour and two-minute piece of cinema history that we've got in front of us. Um, I think the best thing to do is let's just give, I think, a very quick, rapid review of you know the usual sort of aspects because I think we'll probably agree on a lot of these things. 
Well, first one, my first question for you is, did you cry at any point? Um, I think five times. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, but I'm, when, when I say five times, yeah, I could maybe name them, but it, it's a case of, like, not streaming tears, but, right. like, feeling the emotion, like, the goosebumps, yeah. the, the glassy eye, you know, because the, these characters, they, they mean something to a lot right. of people for different reasons, and the way that the characters act in this movie, it's... Not all of them, but most of them <laughs> to perfection. And we'll get into it. We're coming in 11 years strong of characters. 11 years, history. 22 films. Yeah, of all this history. So everything that is delivered here, we feel automatically without any sort of baggage within this movie. It's all come from before. Now, there are sad points in this movie. There are legitimate deaths and other things. I didn't cry during any of the sad moments. The one moment I did cry and my eyes were actually full of tears. I couldn't actually see what was going on the, on the screen. I have to see the movie <laughs> okay, again. Well, I didn't go, I didn't I go know, anywhere I, near that. I wow. legit was... I'm jealous. I had tears in my eyes. Um, when the portals are opening and the it characters is are flying it through, is I just became a mess. Let's build to it, though. We'll, we'll build we to that. We will get there. As a general whole, I think the performances pretty much from every character is perfectly fine or above that. No one's doing anything garbage. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. No, I'm talking about portrayals of characters. Okay, now, sure. As, sure. As, like, as a negative, okay, I'll just call it out here. I've never been a fan of Professor Hulk. I stayed away from spoilers before watching this movie, so I didn't know anything that happened in this movie, pretty much. So I didn't know we were going to get Professor Hulk. And I was still waiting for like Angry Hulk. You know, we didn't quite, we didn't see him. Yeah, even War. in the final battle, we don't really. It didn't happen then. I thought, well, this is the movie where it's going to happen, and we we kind of saw Professor Hulk get angry a little bit. But yeah. we'll we'll talk about that later. But Ruffalo is great in this. You know, so nothing about his performance. It's just that particular version of the character. Cool. So we'll we'll dissect a lot more, I guess, the characters as we track through the this episode i guess but in terms of actual just performances from most of the actors even if the characters were doing something weird or didn't really sit right with me i, I think the performances were all pretty solid so instead of us getting bogged down and talking you know dissecting each character each actor's performance i think i can universally say i'm happy with them all like they're all pretty good special effects um i think yeah, another thing you know Proven from what we previously got in Infinity War, much the same here. Pretty solid special effects. The biggest CGI moments, you know, involving Thanos' ships, things like that, look good. Great, even. Yeah, I mean, when they... One of the places they go back in time to, and you've got a young, long-haired Michael Douglas running down the corridor. Again. It's crazy that they've got this in a movie. (laughs) It's 2019... And that's what we have, a young Michael Douglas. I really think they've nailed that sort of special effect, that de-aging thing. They've done it. They they did it pretty damn well in Captain Marvel with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, there's a very small portion of that here, but, you know, it still works. Usually you get a big spectacle film like this, lots of special effects. There will be bits and pieces of it. Oh, that, didn't look right. that didn't look right. That kind of was a bit flawed there. That looks completely CGI. Completely immersed. Yeah, no, no, I I agree, I agree. Professor Hulk is a hang-up for me. (laughs) Occasionally, maybe him, 
it wasn't more but, of it. It just it just looked a bit jarring. More off than we've seen before. I mean, since Ruffalo has joined these movies, Hulk has slowly been looking more and more like <laughs> a Ruffalo. <laughs> But nothing in this movie took me out at all. Yeah. Like, not, none of the, the special effects took me out. The soundtrack. Alvin Silvestri doing what he does best. Now, we know he you know he started with Captain America, the first Avenger. He did the first Avengers film. And he came back and did Infinity War. And, of course, this one here, Endgame. What can I say? I want to talk about the music because everybody, ourselves included, have given Marvel Studios a hard time over the years for their music because it's oh I don't really remember it there's just nothing to it it's just very bland and then there's been like all these articles videos all shitting on the Marvel Studios music <laughs> and then looking back on it now and, and just randomly just on Spotify just listening to like different movies the music's really good and the Avengers theme Sylvestri I mean yeah. it's one of the best all time Superhero themes. I've been humming it. I, like, I did a little marathon of the Avengers films a couple of days before watching this movie. And since then, until even today, I'll just be whistling it like... <laughs> my my six-year-old has never seen an Avengers movie. And the other day she just heard the Avengers music and straight away, it's the Avengers. Never seen the movie. So obviously this is going to be ads and things like that. Uh, yeah. But it just goes to show that if it was a generic theme... A kid's not going to remember it, but it, it sticks with you. The Avengers theme is incredible. The The first Avenger, really like that movie. Yeah. And that, had a, we first got introduced to the Captain America theme in there. Really strong and theme. there's a callback here later on the movie where, you know, he brings it sort of back, ties it back there's into it. There's a callback to everything in this movie. <laughs> 100%. Like, all the actors, all the things that have happened. Yeah, you know, like you could say... What movies did we need to watch, you know, before watching? What ones did we want to really rewatch before? And I was thinking, I'm just going to watch the Avenger movies, Captain America Civil War, you know, like, you know, where they all broke up. That had set me out. And then watching this, I was like, shit, I really should have just committed to watching all of the 21 movies. You know, I think the writers on this movie, what they've said is that all those people that don't like For the Dark World, I'll show them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make them sit through. Bits of that movie again. Yeah, you had some issues. And they'll with Iron, like it. Had issues with Iron Man three. Nah, more of that. <laughs> Get that kid back. <laughs> Holy lord! Uh, but the music, man, like um, Sylvester sampled a bit of Christoph Beck's Ant Man theme, especially with like the time heisty stuff that was going on. Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange theme, um, and even more recently the the Pinatopra Captain Marvel stuff, which all. It's just blended, and like you said, you know, people have been, we've all been shitting on, you know, we're guilty of ourselves, shitting on the, 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 oh, the, these scores, they're not memorable enough, they're not, but then you hear them again in something like this, and you're just like, yeah, that's her theme, that's his theme, that's his music. And I did and on like, Shuffle on Spotify, so it's going through all the different MCU soundtracks, and every time, I knew the movie. It's all about, it's a psycholo- psychological thing, it's like, if you repeat the music... I'm going to go on record and say this. I was wrong. <laughs> the <laughs> Marvel Studios music is good. But they even got like some some songs. So we've got um, that Redbone song, Come and Get Your Love, which is... Connecting with Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. <laughs> funny scene with Chris Pratt sort of singing it out loud, which is how we look if we sing with headphones in. But it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Just getting Chris Pratt 
to do it again. Because yeah. I was thinking what they were going to do. So in this... Recycle footage and then... Yeah, in this yeah. point in the movie, that, okay, so what they're doing... Just initially, I didn't realise that Natalie Portman was actually back. Because we've not seen her since the Dark she World. It wasn't, it was... Oh, really? That, uh, that was trickery. That was... Bad unused, example. That was unused footage. example. They used, she recorded some new lines. For right. Us, some oh, okay, so she's still she come did back, that, though. But okay. um, performance-wise, physically... That stands then. So she's come but back. But Chris Pratt, that was... That was new stuff, some stuff in all like stuff in. But New you're York right though, because we in the movie in Guardians, we got it from his point of view, and he's dancing, and he's yeah, and the music is little aliens, and we're hearing what he's hearing. But yeah, when you're just watching on, like when it's just him singing, like oh, funny. But no, good callbacks, and I guess the last main song was "It's Been a Long, Long Time" um, by Harry James and Kitty Callan, which was from we first heard it in the Winter Soldier. It's 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 Stephen, it's Stephen Peggy, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> It's Steve Rogers. No, yeah. no, it's Steve and Peggy. Is right, so yeah, but no, oh, okay, it's <laughs> Steve and... Not so. It's Steve and Peggy. Yeah, I thought you were saying, it's Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> it's Captain America to you. Mr. Steven Rogers. I got you, I apologise. <laughs> it was nice. It was um, nice. The last thing I guess we want to, I want to bring up is just the marketing, the, the, you know, like, how, what they, the unique thing about this was a, a they only really showed us the first 20 minutes. They told us that's what they were doing. And, and a lot of the things in the trailers, not in the movie. Is there, is there a lot? There's there? a lot, yeah. Like like the big thing where, they come, where they're at the Avengers headquarters and they come out and they're on the lawn and people are speculating that they've digitally erased someone because there's like a gap in the line of how people are stood. Mm. The scene's not in the movie. They come out of the building, they're looking up. and that no, played the in a lot of the there trailers. and then Pepper Potts sticks their head up. Really? Yeah, that shot's no. there. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. They're looking up and that's when the spaceship's coming in. Ah, okay. Yeah. But there's other stuff <laughs> that, that I'm not going to dare <laughs> bring, bring up now. Okay, I don't remember I've seen... But okay, I, I didn't realise that was I was actually it. thinking a lot of... I, I don't really think there was much unused footage. I thought in the trailer when Iron Man says to Captain America, do you trust me? And he says, I do. For sure, I thought that was just going to be something for the trailer. But it's actually in the movie. That's in the movie, yeah. Yeah, but I thought that... Because I'm thinking, what's... You know, just like when we got the uh, banner hulking out in Wakanda for the Infinity yeah, War trailer. Yeah, I don't it think didn't it was, happen. There wasn't much of that. It was more what they didn't put in the trailer. So, like, yeah, you don't see Professor Hulk or whatever you call him. Oh, uh, you're totally right. That They were looking up. I they thought were. it wasn't in the movie because that's where you've got Captain Marvel <laughs> carrying Iron Man yeah. or Stark back from space. Yeah. You're right. Bad example. Um... But I think the, the marketing shaped my expectations anyway, because I mean, I think a lot of, and I, we'll get to that when I, I sort of, we talked the next chunk, you know, the first chunk of the movie, but it sort of gave me these expectations that what we saw in these trailers were big plot points and big aspects of the film, you know, take the Stark and Nebula sort of relationship. But then we watched the movie and it's like, it means nothing really. It's just the, like, the, the trailers gave, the, the, the trailers to put out before the release of the movie gave nothing away. If you've not, well, if you've not seen Endgame, don't. Yeah, listen. what are you we, doing? Here? We've ruined a lot already. But the the TV spots now and the they're not holding the teasers back. that they're putting online. You get to see uh, Pepper see Potts in the armor. Yeah, you get to see Professor Hulk. Yeah, they're showing a lot of stuff now, and that does annoy me because we're fortunate. We got to go opening night or the second night, so we've seen it. But a lot of people out there that are into this still haven't been able to see it. 
Yeah. Work, families, things get in the way. So it's a bit shit. <laughs> Limited how... cinemas and seats and tickets. Yeah, if, you've, if you're not watching it in the first couple of days, it's happening with Game of Thrones now. Like, the episode aired Sunday night, Monday. It's all over the internet. Things just get revealed too soon. And this is the studio. And you know it's not the Russo brothers that are wanting these spots. Put yeah, on they there. would be like, don't talk about the movie for but like until, six months. Until the movie, we were very fortunate. We were. And yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm so glad that nothing was spoiled for me because I, I wouldn't have wanted anything, not one, one speck. But let's start breaking down this, this beast. So the first... I guess the first maybe like 15, 20 minutes, it's so rapid fire. There's so much going on. The, I guess we call it before the time jump, before the five years later kind of thing. What we get, that opening sequence with Clint Barton and his family. We're back on the farm, Age of Ultron. They get, they get dusted. And it's something I predicted a, a while ago. Just gonna we say, we kind of both did. We, <laughs> you you leaned more into it, but we did. Like we yeah. we talked about it on a previous movie show I a mean, while ago. We expected it if we were going to see his family. Of course, it would have but to we, be. Them yeah, but we dusted, talked sure. about how it's literally the movie opens on it. Yeah, and then you'll get the title afterwards. Like we now, said it. We got on. it was the Marvel fanfare after, it, but clear yeah, same deal. It was close the, enough. Yeah. Now. Teary eyed at <laughs> this opening scene. Well, when, yeah. He, yeah, of course. Ah, uh, you and your family and stuff. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, you like, like him. <laughs> yeah, but he's a dad. He's there with his daughter, the rest of his family, and the way that they do it is it plays out like an abduction. Like, <laughs> you know, like one by one. So it's kind of like you imagine you're a busy place with your family, and one by one they start disappearing. Only he's on his own farm, and there's nothing that he can do. It's is completely defenseless. There's no arrow he's going to get him out of this situation he's screwed and his family are gone and it did get me where he's he's alone now i did know from seeing the trailers that we get to find that he'd become ronan that mm. was in there but i'm fine with that it's good to know where he's going but that moment it it did strike a chord with me definitely yeah, weak family man um nebula and tony now again like the trailers were i guess making it seem like you know they were gonna i was expecting a lot of time spent with them in space, you know, they're... Are they going to make it back to Earth? Are they going to survive? What's the deal? Were they they're together become best at friends. the end of Infinity War? Well, they were the last ones on Titan. Right. They were oh, the only of course, yeah. surviving ones. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more of it. But there's literally one scene there, you know, they're playing that game and Stark makes his little recording and then Captain Marvel shows up. You know, talking about Nebula, Wow. Did not expect her to have such a big part. This is her movie. Not just like how much she's in it, but she's in it twice. <laughs> and she's integral to the third act. She yeah. Nebula. Like, you know. What a bitch. Did not see that coming. <laughs> the way you said it, and Captain Marvel just turns up. That's exactly what happens. She just turns up. Mm. That that didn't work for me. I know Yeah. And keep in mind, not everybody would have been able to have seen Captain Marvel. That's that's 100% that is right. a problem. And I just feel as though in the movie, not not having her first be on Earth and then going out, I don't know, it, it doesn't quite it play. Was, yeah. It just comes out of nowhere. It, it's as if there's deleted scenes there. Yeah, it's almost it like they filmed more. There was a four-hour movie or something, or three-and-a-half-hour movie, and they were like, oh, let's just take from the... Let's just get into it. Let's cut that. Cut, cut, cut. We don't need to explain it. And it's like, well, maybe I think you did. But she is she is good in it, though. For 
and you, and hardly in it. She is hardly in this movie. It is in. I like how they explain her absence. You know, this whole time where it's like, you know, she's a galactic, you know, thing. She's helping other planets. It's not just Earth. And, and then and that to, makes sense. And then when they remove her later for the same reason, it's like I've got other stuff I've got to deal. I completely with. buy it. And it's like I don't feel as though fantastic. she should be. There. And, People and, are worried. Don't need to be worried about. And it. the focus is the original Six Avengers. Mm. Having her introduction be so. Here I am. Boom. Honestly, I still don't. That, like, I don't like that, that. post-credit scene from Captain Marvel. Seemed like it was a part of a scene, and I wanted to see the context of that. I wanted to see the next bit, the bit before yes. all of it. And, and I'm pretty sure the Russos did direct that. Like, where is it? It was yeah. It was very well. Confusing. It's in Captain Marvel. They directed for <laughs> Captain Marvel. You know, I did. Read no, but as where's well. the rest of it? Where's the rest? Yeah, there's parts of the opening. Missing, but I think as the movie goes on, there's so much happening about swept up. But talking about it now, and I guess dissecting, it's going to bring all this, all all of it to the surface. But I read that Brie Larson, she shot her Avenger scenes before her yeah. Captain Marvel so, movie scene because this was Endgame was filmed at the same time as Infinity War, and then Captain Marvel went into production. So this was and, done years ago. And when she did her the post credit scene for for Captain Marvel, the other actors weren't there. And she only had her dialogue, and she didn't know at the time that she was having a conversation with the Avengers. Oh, true. That's how secretive Marvel wow. are. She did not even know. Computers. So some people have complained, saying that in that post-credit scene she was a bit flat, you know. But she's not working with anyone. I don't know what the hell was going on. But I think Brie Larson is good in the role. I like her as she Captain is. Marvel. I like her haircut that she gets. The original costume she has in Captain Marvel is taken from the. Jamie McKelvey designed costume from the comics mm. and with that costume she had the short hair and as you say in this movie yeah, she also gets the short hair looks the part so the Marvel artist he gets to see not only his newly designed costume but hairstyle on the big screen it's pretty Fantastic. cool still still within this very very quick like has the title card even I think they come up with their plan they're I'm like, like is this all 15 minutes it's, it's so fast I mean if there was any gripe with this movie that I have it's that this this first section of the movie feels so rushed. It is rushed. It's but like, maybe it's because of the expectations that those trailers gave me. Maybe I expected more from the scenes that we got, and maybe that's my fault then. But but the movie it takes place five years later. So it, you're right. It does feel like the rushing through this part to get to the actual movie. But before this, no, we get the title card. Boom! It's fantastic. They're in space, they've confronted Thanos, he's destroyed, destroyed the stones, and Thor cuts his head off. But before that, we find that he's, he's defeated, he's weakened, the gauntlet has damaged his arm, he's scarred, so that Thanos, he's, he's done. He's done everything he set out to do, and then, like you say, like, yeah, yeah, he was Thor happy. just cuts his head off. And I'm like, it's about 15, 20 minutes. We've got lots of movie left, <laughs> and Thanos is dead. Because at this point, I didn't know it was going to be time travel, There'd been speculation because of the quantum realm suits in the trailers, yeah, but I didn't know for a fact that's what we were doing. So then I'm like, you know, watch this movie. Now what? <laughs> like, what's going to happen now? So I was, I was in. I was all in. Five years later, here we go. Now, I guess this is where it's a different. It's a completely different movie. It's like that. What we just saw was just wrapping up Infinity War, I suppose. And now it's like, well. Where are where are all of our characters now? Steve's shaved. 
He's well, we ru- see him. He's just finishing shaving. He's running. You know, he's going. I like, like the continuity. <laughs> he's going to those meetings. Um, Joe Russo has his cameo, which he's had a cameo in like Civil War. I think, I think he had well, one in the, Cap- it, uh, the Winter Soldier as well. Is this the same character, or is he playing someone else? No, nah, it's someone else. Because have you heard all about this? The, it's it's blew up online because he's playing a homosexual character. Is that the deal? That was that was the whole thing. So they were talking about how in Avengers Endgame there's going to be representation for everybody, mm. and then I guess people speculated, oh, so you're talking about a comic book character, or not necessarily a costumed character, but somebody from the comics. But it wasn't. It was a bloke missing his boyfriend. And people felt underserved by that. But for me, it just it was a thing that happened. I recognised him. Hey, look, he's the director. Uh, I didn't think anything more <laughs> yeah. about it. It's, it's funny, though. Besides when they're time-travelling and you, you have all these other sort of background characters and people in the world, you don't actually see, besides this group of people in this scene, you don't see anyone else in the... Oh, Ant-Man's daughter, I guess, all those people at the... You know, where the memorial... Stone things are. Scott Lang's talking to that kid on the bike, like asking him some questions. The kid looks at him and just cycles off quite I, Okay, silently. maybe there are a few more characters. Oh, but that's <laughs> one. That's, that's one, one character. Because I thought that as well, because like, the, the streets were almost empty. Yeah. And there's, like, there's rubbish everywhere, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we can't need bin men. And like, half of them have gone, maybe all of them. There's no way <laughs> to pick him, no one picking up the rubbish. Damn. But then when we first see Professor Hulk, we're in a lived in world. Like, that's that, true. No, there are you know, the restaurant's busy, or the cafe, or the diner, still whatever ticking it is. Along. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Some of it looked apocalyptic, and some of it looked, you know, booming and ticking. You know, but that's but then it's like maybe like only half of everything has been used, <laughs> and the other half it's sort of like it's too hard to maintain. I don't know, yeah. but at first I did think it's like oh, it's as if the apocalypse has happened. Yeah, like everyone, everything's gone to chaos. You know, there would have been a lot of damage as well from planes crashing, cars crashing, all that needed to be cleaned and, up. But instead, it's like oh, they're all over there. <laughs> they're all over there with they're Professor that, Hulk. They're at that cafe. Getting their selfies. At least the phone towers still work. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but Steve Rogers, yeah, his whole thing is he's talking to that support group and that's where we first saw him. It was Winter Soldier, wasn't it? When yeah, he was like, coming to groups with the modern world. and Yeah, so it's a nice callback to that. Natasha Romanoff, she's sort of lost, doesn't know what to do. She's still trying to keep the Avengers doing what they're doing. She's talking to like other characters, Okoye, Rhodey and stuff. And she's at Captain like the command centre. She's the person at the other end of the phone. Like she's keeping everyone yeah. in contact and she's allocating different missions. Eating peanut butter sandwiches or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was a nice moment where, you know, Rogers came in, those two are chatting, and like, he just sort it's of clicked for me. To... Like Winter Soldier, like, the, the actors, the characters gelled really well in that movie. They've they worked a, really well together. They've had a, yeah, relationship since sort of thing. Scott Lang, so that rat saves the day. Yeah, out of all those, I know it's, all those yeah. uh, realities that Doctor Strange saw, the one where the rat stood on it's the it's right a thing, isn't it? But you know what? We needed the rat. <laughs> like, it was one of those things where we were like, you know, it's about it's about how he gets out, not the fact that he does. It's how we need it, and then it's it's just, and the it's rat. just the rat. But it, it works though, you know. The rat. I mean, it took like five accidentally years. Accidentally hitting different yeah. controls, and you know, Ant Man. Like years ago, with Ant Man, we had Ant Man and the Wasp, and very much played as comedies, like crime heist movies. Paul Rudd, known for comedies, <laughs> and then you know he's doing a bit of action in these Ant Man movies, and I do like Paul Rudd. And then you put him in this movie, and it's just another level. And you can stand him next to Captain America and all the other characters. <laughs> Captain <And> America, <laughs> yes. 
And he doesn't look out of place. No, he did. Because I mentioned this movie is about the original six Avengers and Ant-Man. Yeah, and Rhodey. I mean, the idea of going back in time <laughs> is all his idea. I mean, he is the key. He, yeah. He, he's the one, the one. Because although Natasha is sending people out there, the, a lot of them have given up. They've because they're kind of like, they're just treading water. They're not like getting anywhere. They're just like jogging on the spot. Scott Lang rocks up and he's like, hey, we could have a plan here. Do you know about the quantum realm? We meet his daughter again, who has now aged oh, five years. Five years. That was. I yeah. mean, that's pretty sad. It is. It is. But she's cute now, and I can say that because it's not weird. But isn't she? How old is she now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll maybe reserve that comment. No, no, it's twenty twenty three. In the comics, she is a superhero in her own right. She goes right. by the name Stature, and she instead of shrinking, she goes really big, big in stature. <laughs> maybe one day maybe maybe one day yeah sure I think it'll happen I reckon we're going to get a young Avengers Saga sure. 2 yeah. she'll be on that team we'll with talk young later. Hawkeye we'll talk later <laughs> well okay Ronan yes now so what he's doing here is pretty cool he's killing he's killing bad dudes because he feels out of all the people that would take him why do these people why were they left so he's sort of trying to Fix that situation. He's a bit pissed off. He's hurt. I get it. I just wish there was more of that. It was hey, just okay. TV series coming to Disney Plus. But he's oh, what? Do you reckon it'll just be? <laughs> well, because no, we're gonna a... get we're gonna get more Hawkeye. What I think they're showing us here, and I was getting like a John Wick vibe. Mm. Hawkeye is a cool character when you play Hawkeye at the right level. Is like this the playing... right level? Street level, like the Marvel Netflix characters. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, you see Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. But definitely cool when he's pissed off and killing people. Yeah, exactly, but at that level. But when you're putting him up against the Chitari, floating cities, yeah, you know... he's a bit shit. Like, problems <laughs> that it'll take gods and superhumans to solve. I just think there's a time and place for Hawkeye as a character. You know, Green Arrow, the same with DC... And this is it. So we're getting a really good Clint Barton here. It's, it's, I think, again, like, with those initial trailers where it was like, this is going to be the Hawkeye that you see in this movie. This is, you know, this is our Clint. Oh, wow. And it's like, we jump forward five years and we see him like that. But then it's like, Natasha rocks up and it's like, hey, we have hope now. And then he's like, okay. Cool. And he's back to how he was, pretty much. You know? like he, he's, he's not. He's I, not wearing I sleeves yet, but he's... I don't think Jamie Renner... He's not playing him the same. And he got offered hope. There's, there's no hope for him. Mm. And then the reason why he's so quick to go with Natasha is because, one, he trusts her, and two, if there's any hope that he can bring his family back... He'll take it. it he'll take it, because what else is he going to do? He's going to carry on just like... Killing bad guys, like <laughs> he can come back and do that later if it don't work. Yeah, I completely buy that he doesn't question it and he just goes and joins the team. It just seemed like someone that's just like they probably just didn't need to do anything with him at all. They could have just had him sitting around being sad. No, I think this is the this is a better way. A more fun to go. It's a better way to go. Yeah, fun him killing people. <laughs> Ow. but it just shows this character again, like talking to him being a street level hero because that's what he is. Mm. The Starks did not see this coming. Daddy now, Stark. Did they get married? They talked about wanting a kid in Infinity War. Well, he had yes, a, they he did. had a dream in Infinity War. He had a dream that 
I think it was a boy that they had and they named it Morgan, which is the daughter's name. Oh, but that was that weird that was that weird exchange on how Infinity War opened it was something to do with him needing a piss during the night or something. I don't know. It was, it was a, a dr- weird... no, it's that he was talking about a dream right, okay. in a way. Yeah, saying... in a way. I knew that came into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he did, yeah, it was we had a dream we had a kid and yeah, named and it Morgan. And now and now they do. He's a prophet. And I think in the comics, no. In the MCU, definitely. Absolutely fantastic. Because these these characters do need to grow, live lives as yeah, much as they can. On. You know, it's yeah. the the it's different in the comics because it's always to be continued, it's the next chapter, it's the next crossover event. It doesn't end. With these movies, they can actually end stories. Yeah. Like in Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. No, but it was to give him a daughter as well. Like, obviously, with, with introducing time travel, it gave Stark, a, uh, I guess, a question to go, well, look, if we go back in time, if we change things, what happens to her? And that's why and it gave him was, a conflict. Yeah, and he was very specific about how they did things. I like how when they were like, when Scott Lang's calling out different time travel movies, they gave a shout out <laughs> to Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Die Hard. No, wait, no, not that one. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it's a gamble, isn't it? Like, when Pepper's like, you know, I've never like got you to give up on anything or something along those lines. Yeah, like, like oh, you, no, she was saying, like, not, yeah. he would never give up. And he does. But I just mean that, gonna... like, yeah, you're not going to stop thinking about this. You're going to keep driving yourself to want to do it. And even if you don't do it, so just go ahead and do it. Just do it. Yeah, she's given up on him, eh? <laughs> she's just they, like, just do it, I know. They st- their family still have each other. They've got everything. But outside of them, across the world, everybody's lost somebody. So and if you can do something... Yeah, and, and it's the whole, it's the hero thing, isn't it? Like, it's not enough. They can't be happy if there's people out there that need help, help that they can provide. Mm. And he's Iron Man. Essentially, <laughs> that he's going to go out and... That's what he says. And, oh, let's let's hold on. <laughs> we'll do that later. Um, now, we've already mentioned Professor Hulk, but I mean, let's, let's dissect it a little bit. I've talked about it. What do you think? I mean, people were speculating about it going in, so it wasn't like a shock when I saw it. It was a shock in terms of it looked a bit daunting. Not yep. really, not like special effects wise, but just it's a bit odd. You know, the fact that he's wearing t-shirts and he says that, um, and yeah, like you're right, it looks so much like Mark Ruffalo. It's it's it a does. bit disturbing. Um, it's interesting that he isn't as big as the Hulk. So he's not as strong as the Hulk. The whole thing with the Hulk, like, the bigger he gets, the stronger he gets. Mm. So when he's like, he's kind of in between Banner and Hulk, it's almost like he's not completely Banner. He's kind, he's a little bit of Hulk in there as well. Yeah. I'm just glad we got to see 2012 Hulk just smashing a few yeah, things. a little bit. But just did you taste. notice when he's got the whole thing and he's going down the stairs? And I don't remember Hulk talking as much as he does in Endgame as he did in 2012. Like, he says puny god or smash, mm. but he said very few things. Whereas... Yeah, like, it wasn't until Ragnarok, which kind of explained it. It was like, ah, oh, well, he's been Hulk for a while. Like, he's been stuck as Hulk for a while, so years. he's learned to it's talk. years yeah, in Ragnarok. Yeah. But this is, like, it's a couple of minutes after what we'd seen. Yeah, he's previously. having a full conversation, so goes into that elevator. He doesn't quite track that first movie. I'll take the stairs <laughs> And he's grumbling. Yeah, I just feel like the Hulk would have just jumped out the window. That's how he would exactly. have got down. I actually thought but he would have been like, man, and it just jumped out. wouldn't have set up that scene later. I mean, do you want to talk about the time travel now, or should we hold up? We're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. We will mention, we got to talk about Thor first, or the big Thorbowski. I had no idea, like, a lot in this movie, and 
one, I was surprised to see it. Two, even more surprised, this is Thor for the movie. I thought he was going to call down the lightning and get abs. <laughs> like, nope. Only in Amazing Spider-Man 2 does lightning help you look better. And The Flash. TV series. Okay. <laughs> when Barry um, Allen goes, lightning gave me abs. I'm in, two, I'm in two minds with it. Because, one, I'm glad that he kind of got long hair back. And he got a beard. That's kind of cool. When he calls down the lightning, his beard gets braided. That's <laughs> strange. But, um, yeah, at the same time, ugh, it was funny... But then also, not kind of what I wanted. But I think by the end of it, when you get him at that end battle, it didn't matter anyway. You know, there was a moment with his mother and she sort of set him straight, taught him to eat salad. He was good again. He was he was like... And he finds he's still worthy, calls the hammer. That's it. And his axe thing. He's, it's all... It, it, it comes good. Depends how you look at it, though. Because on one hand, it's very much played for laughs. And it's funny. Chris Hemsworth in his fat. Hilarious. It's like for that section of the movie, it's like this Thor is the Ragnarok Thor that we've brought over. But Thor as a character, if you think about what he has lost, half his people, his make, mother, makes sense his that dad, he's given up. his brother, like he got his ass kicked by Thanos. He's lost so much. So he's, he's just, he's lost his way, drink, food, he's put on weight and he's... He's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. He's got so much going on. And then what do the Avengers do? Laugh at him for being fat. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, on one hand, it's like, ha, ha, ha. On another hand, it's like, he's really not in a good place, what people. Is, what does he say? It's like, do you know what's coursing through my veins? And then Rhodey's like... Like print, cheese with cheese string, string or, or something. Something yeah. American. Something cheese. <laughs> But I thought I'd like because you're supposed to take it as if oh, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? Look at him, Thor's fat, it's hilarious. <laughs> but then he's in a really, he's in a really dark place. Yeah. And I was incredibly impressed with Hemsworth in this movie. Like we know that he can do the comedy, and you know he does drama, he does action movies outside of the MCU. But there's a scene where it starts, and it's for laughs, and then something happens, something's said, and it's all in the eyes, Hemsworth, the. The dialogue, the delivery, and all of a sudden it stops cold and it's dramatic and eerie. So it's working for you then, eh? And it's really good, like that. But they do it, they do it too much. I thought it was going to come and go away, but I was just impressed with Hemsworth as an actor, how he can just go between humour and drama so effortlessly. You're right, he does pull that off. He does. He's, he's, so, he's so good in this. I think you, do get, you can get caught up, though, like, especially if you're in a room and they're playing video games and there's Korg and that weird slug thing and... Yet, and then some rocket walks in, and it's just like you look like an ice cream cone. Yeah, I mean, with <laughs> Thor now, it's like, tricky. It's tricky. They made the Guardians movies, and then it's like, well, let's go silly comedy, and it worked. And then when they did Thor Ragnarok, well, let's put him in outer space. Well, it's cosmic. Let's make it funny, and it worked again. But I don't want this to be the only Thor we get now. Like maybe we, we get Guardians need- three, and it's Thor. You know the. As Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe mm. we're going to get that, or maybe we'll get another Thor movie. But I loved Ragnarok, but I don't want that to be Thor now. I still want that Thor we saw in Infinity War where he comes down and he's thunderous and he's crazy and he's just like, yeah, he's kicking ass. I was really surprised about how, how different Infinity War plays compared to Endgame. I thought, with this essentially being part two, 
it would kind of follow on, but yeah, it but really, really has its own movie. tone, doesn't it? Yeah. Avengers Time Heist, I swear to God. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it even it plays as if it's a different director as well. You know, Almost. it's the Russo brothers. Maybe like one Why had more one? control on one and more had one control on another. That's oh, kind of how they balanced it out. I doubt it. But maybe. Because it does play like a film from two different sets of directors. The last set of characters I guess we should talk about after you know with this five years later thing. Captain Marvel, Rhodey, Okoye, Rocket and Nebula. I don't know where the hell Rocket and Nebula were this whole time. Were they just sort of at Avengers base hanging out? Just yeah, we've the just been hanging like, out. They, yeah. They've been together. You know what I'm really impressed by. Well, there's a lot of things I'm impressed by, but how they can have the human Avengers, and as part of a conversation, part of a scene, have Rocket Raccoon, and he just looks as part of the scene. It looks like a builder bit. <laughs> he does like a builder bit. But do you know what I mean? No, like when he's having conversations, he's interacting. Like it, you watch it as if it's real. Like it's it's a thing. It doesn't phase us anymore. It, it's not like. You used to watch a Muppets movie and you'd have someone interacting with Kermit. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, like, that's a puppet. Yeah, whereas it looks, you just take him as a character in this world. We would not be saying this five years ago, which is madness to think. I mean, when they first announced Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, talking raccoon, talking tree, you guys are crazy. (laughs) And then it works. Here we are. Um, Akoya, I'm surprised. From her being on the poster, you know the issue with like her name on the poster? It kind of makes yep. more sense now. She's not really in this movie. No, she's not. No. So she's... I think it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> I think she just wasn't... Within her contract, it wasn't... It wasn't going to happen. But she was on the poster, but they weren't going to have a name. Because, yeah, she is hardly in this. She's hardly in it. And like, so I think... Barely. We don't even go to Wakanda. No. No, we don't. No. <laughs> Marvel panicked. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the fleet yeah the the fans yeah the and fans. we mentioned Captain Marvel again I'm I'm just glad with the re- not that I didn't want her in this movie much I'm glad we got the amount that we did but the reason they gave for her to be plucked out fantastic she serves a big purpose to begin with like gets the movie going we need to start back and we'll get to it later but when she comes back fantastic so the even though they used her sparingly it was effective. Okay, so the main plot of this movie is the time travel thing. The time heisty stuff. Collect Infinity Stones from a previous time. It kind of makes sense when you when you get them going to... They try and work out where they can go with the limited amount of pin particles that they've got to travel. They go to Morag, the planet of Morag in 2014. Vermeer in 2014. Asgard in 2013. And New York City 2012. Where Banner talks to the Ancient One at the Sanctum... Sanctorum? Is that what it's called? Sanctorum. Sanctorum, sure. Thank the you. The Sanctum Sanctorum. It's too hard. Uh, trying to prove the time stone. They give a good exposition on the rules of the time travel in this movie. So they talk about if you... Say, for instance, you take a time stone from that time, it'll create a new timeline from that time. But in the uh, their original present, nothing will change. That's the rules of this. And I'm like, okay, I dig that. I can... And the other... Uh, like, opposing that, if you return the stone back to that, that'll, course, correct that universe, I guess, and no multiverse will be created, which is good. The time travel part of this movie <laughs> was there. My least favourite part. Least favourite part. It's a different movie. This... I found... This... There was moments during the time travel... I was taken out of the movie 
And then at one point, I heard myself outward sigh. I just oh wow! I I just I know it's it's it needs to happen. It's a big yeah. part of the movie, but I I didn't really what enjoy was, this as the rest as what much it as was, the rest of the movie was the MCU's greatest hits. It was on yeah. replay. Yeah, I mean, was. we had to go back to 2012, and there's bits that that I do like. You know, you've got the America's ass. <laughs> you know, you've got Stark. That is Stark ass. is giving Rogers crap about his ass in the the worst Captain America costume, the one from <laughs> that first Avengers movie. And then yeah, Ant Man. I always thought you had America's ass. <laughs> it's yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, you had Rogers fighting. You had Captain America fighting himself. From 2012, there's the ass stuff. There's that moment where he's in the elevator with the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra agents. This is why I'm conflicted because there's so much in the... Like, when they went back there, there's so much that I liked. But on the other hand, I was a little bit bored and taken out of it because I I felt like we were were going forward and then we were stalling here. I felt like the... They had to go on this adventure, yeah. Yeah, it's like this... We need to collect all these MacGuffins so we can continue with the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But what you were just... Uh, sorry, I interrupted there. When they're in the in the lift and you're thinking, well, it's the greatest hits. The Russo brothers, they give us the elevator fight in Winter Soldier once before. They're going to do it again. But they go a different way. And it was it was like a mere second before he said it and I knew what he was going to say. And it is perfection. And he said it. Hail Hydra. And I was like, yeah, just... Um, I can't remember what the comic line was called. Was it like dark something? Or no, I've lost it. I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, where Cap did have a run of oh, at the time oh, he, he was being he was a hydra. We're still dealing with the fallout of that shit in the comics. It's still a wasn't thing. it all he like was not the supreme a... leader? He oh, I don't want to get into it. Like, I thought it turned out like it wasn't it. a real thing though. Like he was he was a. Captain America, something to do with a cosmic cube in the comics, and then Steve. I, anyway, it's, the okay, original it's Steve Rogers got lost somewhere and he came back. <laughs> let's let's stick with this. We've movie. got a time stone. We've got a mind stone. All good. Stark and Lang, they're, they're dealing with the whole situation with Loki. We're getting extra scenes that we didn't see in the Avengers movie after they sort of all kind of stand around him, which is cool because we see the next bit where they're just like, "Anyone want to clean up?" And then they just sort of like, there's some good gags and stuff in it. They try and retrieve the the time stone or the tesseract from that situation down in the lobby or whatever. They stuff it up. The thing with Hog that he said he bursts through the door. Loki gets his hand. Loki from this time, this new I guess this new timeline. He gets the tesseract and he zaps away. He escapes. Are we thinking this is the Loki TV series? Maybe. Mm. I think it's safe to say because they never fix this. They kind no, of abandon this one. Yeah, the the Tesseract they get is from the 1970, where they go to yeah, the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Well, Stark and Rogers go. There, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. They're retrieving more pin particles. Um, Tony meets his dad. There's an interaction. There's all nice things. We see Jarvis. We do see Jarvis. Now, this is very important. Seeing <laughs> Jarvis... In this, because what has happened for the longest time... Hashtag it's all connected. The movies have been referenced in the TV shows. Yeah, characters will go from... All actors will go from the movies to the TV shows. But until Jarvis, a TV actor hasn't appeared in one of the movies. Until now. 
But we have James Darcy, as you say, reprising his role as Edwin Jarvis from the two series of Agent Carter. Yep, it happened. Unprecedented. It has not <laughs> happened until James Darcy. It was a quick, almost blinky, you'd miss it scene. He had like a line of dialogue, but it meant so much to me. And again, going back to not really liking all the timey-wimey stuff, but there's elements of it that I thoroughly enjoyed. There's a, and this was one. I think that's what kept me going through this. Like, I like the time. I love time travel stuff. This did feel like, yeah, it was just them sort of sidestepping a little bit with the plot of the movie. But I mean, this was the plot. But there was so much fun stuff in it like that. There's also the Stanley cameo, which potentially is his last, I believe, unless that's wrong. Hey, man, make love, not war. <laughs> They've de-aged him. <laughs> um, Are you familiar with the actor-comedian Mark Marlon? Uh, no, I don't believe so. He's in the show uh, Glow, isn't that? Have you okay, got to watch sure. tonight yet? And anyway, he's, he's actually going to be in the Joker movie. He's, he's done a heap of stuff. He looks just like Stan Lee looks in this cameo. Ridiculous. <laughs> if they make a Stan Lee biopic, yeah, whether see. it's Marvel or someone else... Get Mark Marlon. He looks perfect. But just staying in the 70s, the scene between Stark and his dad, and they've got Slattery back, who first played Stark in Iron Man, and then he came back came again. Back for Civil War. Yeah, he came back for Civil War, and then we've had Dominic Cooper playing the younger Stark, and he was in the Agent Carter. They've essentially series. gone back and forth with the two. Whoever's going to fit the, yeah. the, the role or the age at the time. But when you've got, you know, Howard Stark is talking about how he's got the flowers, he's going home, he's just found out that his wife is pregnant with a son, and he's talking to Tony, obviously he don't know who Tony is, but Tony knows he's speaking to his dad, and then being a dad himself, like Tony finally gets it, like all these years that he thought his dad was just being hard on him for the sake of it, like he was being a parent, and being a parent now, Tony's recognising that there's hard choices that need to be made, and he appreciated his dad at that moment it was like a yeah it was just it was a really good scene and when Stark was having that moment with his dad straight away I thought well he's dead <laughs> Tony Stark is not surviving this movie because he's almost come full circle and the sacrifice that the was like the last part him. of his story arc, I guess the last because if he wasn't to die it's kind of like they've, they've told the story they have told the, the Tony Stark story across these movies and if they were just going to carry on for the sake of carrying on there's no more story it'd have been watered down mm. and yeah it's, uh, I was sad to see him go but back in the 70s in that moment Stark's done he is not getting out alive <laughs> we jump to Asgard in 2013 with Rocket and Thor we do get Jane Foster in unused footage from Thor The Dark World um, you've got What's her name? I want to say Renee Russo. Renee uh, Russo. Renee Russo as Thor's mother. Also can't remember her name. Oh, Freya. Freya. Freya? Freya. Freya? Yes. Okay, very good. <laughs> there's good stuff there. I feel like there's, there's, a lot there's of more there. interaction yeah. with them than we saw <laughs> in the Thor movies, I think. between. So the we've just talked about you've got Iron Man and his dad. And Thor now we've and got his Thor and his mum. But I like this because it, it sorted out all the issues I had with Thor. That we had in this movie so far with me anyway like and it set him on his path it was all good they get the the aether or the reality stone so we're all sweet there done bit of fun stuff with rocket as well on that though i really liked the callback 
when you've in, was it Ragnarok? Oh, not Ragnarok. Oh, in, Infinity War, where Thor refers to Rocket as a rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah. And then in Endgame, as Guardians are chasing Rocket, and referring to him as a rabbit. Nice callback. I liked it. Their rabbits must look very strange. Well, they're like raccoons. Clearly. Oh, he also gets his old hammer back. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Meow meow. Meow meow. Yeah, which was a which was a great moment because he didn't know until he called Mjolnir that he was still worthy. So that was something. Again, like, you know, depending which prism you're watching Thor through in this movie, it's dark as hell. Like it is it's either dark or shits and giggles. And in that moment throughout the dark prism and him finding out that he's still worthy, it was a great moment. Crazy. Jumping to Vermoor in 2014. So we got Barton and Romanoff meeting uh, Red Skull. They have no idea who the hell he is. Good thing Captain I Gary, that would have been noticed that. I noticed that as well. <laughs> Red floaty guy. Yeah, they... You'd have thought they'd have known. At least one of them. Yeah, shield. They've got shield access. Dealing, dealing with Hydra, the people of history. I, yeah, surely. I did think it would have been better... If at least one of them actually knew the relevance. Look, it's the Red Skull. It's the Captain America baddie. Holy And it, and it just didn't but, uh, happen. brushed it off. Um, there's a hint, that, well, I mean, there's a name drop of Natasha's father who she didn't know. And I'm thinking maybe a little bit of a setup for a Black Widow movie. I mean, we know she's getting her own movie. I'm thinking prequel. Well, with what happens next. <laughs> I but, mean, it, but it was this moment where it's like, ah, okay, Gamora is dead. Yep. She comes back later, time travel. But Gamora, that we've seen in those Guardians movies in Infinity War, is actually a dead. Is so, actually a dead. He's <laughs> like, is actually dead. I, because with all the characters getting dusted at the end of Infinity War, I didn't really feel anything because we kind of knew they were mm. coming back. And even with Gamora, it's like, well, she's probably trapped in the Soul Stone. Or She'll something. be okay. But she's actually not okay. She is dead. <laughs> Which makes what happens to Black Widow even more horrific. And they're both trying to save each other. Yeah. Which was a great scene. And again, what happened in Budapest? We remember they Budapest bring it up very again. differently. Yeah. They're always bringing it up. I swear to God, Black Widow prequel, if they don't freaking have it, it has Budapest. to be. Give us more Hawkeye in that movie. <laughs> but these two characters, I was talking about earlier how Captain America and Black Widow gel so well together. Hawkeye and Black Widow, the characters, I believe everything they're saying. I like, like they, they are willing to give yeah. everything for each other, and I, I buy everything. I like how the situation obviously is like you need to sacrifice someone that you love, or, or someone that you love needs to die. It's pretty loose that. But I like how between the two of them, they never... I mean, they know the situation they're in, but they never have to actually say that they love each other or something. And of course, they're talking on a platonic friendship level. They have so much history and stuff. It's nothing romantic or weird. If they do, but they never yeah. have to actually say it, which I think was good, because I was like, if they one of them has to say it, it'll just cheapen the moment. This all works so well. If it was revealed, one of them said to the other, you know, I've secretly loved you all these years. Oh, Terrible. No. But the fact that you're right... They know it's, that they love they each other. They are friends, and yeah. they do love each other. They have a love, a love for each other, and they both know it. They both, and they didn't need to say it. They knew the situation they were in. You know, it wasn't a question of, "Oh, do you love me?" Okay, <laughs> so it was. So I'd they, say they know. It it's nice. the first time an Avenger has really died. I know Quicksilver <laughs> died in Age of Ultron. 
But was he really an Avenger? I Hawkeye know he, said he was. That is still my favourite Hawkeye scene <laughs> out of all the Hawkeyes. But when he's saying you step out there, you're an Avenger, and and uh, Quicksilver did make a sacrifice, but I feel like in this with Black Widow, one of the original six, it carries so much weight. And the fact that you see that her head's just splattered and blood. I mean, and damn. She's, she's really gone. Like, And then when they get back and Hawkeye's like, yeah, no, no, really, she's not coming back. Yeah, but what if... No, she is gone. And in, Unless you time travel and screw up another timeline. In this world where they can just go back, bring people back, save people, you need to have some endings. And that's it. Black Widow, dead, done, gone. I was going to say dusted, but probably should avoid using that word. Um, Morag, 2014. Nebula and Rhodey. Well, we get that funny Peter Quill scene. Do you think they were the... Well, I was going to say, do you think they were the best choices? Clearly not. Don't say Nebula. Because... <laughs> She's responsible for Thanos coming to Earth. But why send one machine? Okay, so he's never left the planet. Never. Let's send him to an alien world. Definitely. You know, his legs are working okay now. He's got his braces on. Let's put him in his war machine armour. Nobody else suitable? Cap? Thor? No? Okay. Off you go. Yeah, this this team was odd to me. Yeah, like they probably should have sent the the more Earth-based ones to... Yeah. 2012? Yeah, to New York. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, Rocket maybe should have gone with Nebula. They they did seem odd. War Machine more than the other the other people on that planet. But I mean, he he plays out. He got it done. He did, but I feel as I mean, though he didn't do anything. War Machine is so much more than what we see in these movies. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I feel like because he is Iron a character Man that's Iron Man. And War Machine is just that's right. An Iron Man, isn't he? It's just like they can't have Bucky upstaging Captain America. Yeah, it can't happen. But after this. They do get the stones. Rhodey takes it back. They've all got the stones back, but Nebula is stuck. Thanos Eating from 2014. War Machine's the one that saves them. And I'm saying, what's he going to do? But you're right, he is the one that takes it back. Oh, he does, yeah. yeah. War Machine saves it. Nebula gets stuck because Thanos in this time in 2014 is there and is has discovered their plans because the two Nebulas that are existing in, in, this, in this time is... Connected because of their mainframe or some rubbish. Sure. I think that... It tracks, though, doesn't it? They're, yeah. both, they're both using the same software at the same time. And yeah. they've essentially got a com- they've got computers in the head. So it works for me. I, I buy it. Why not? It does work. It does. But it, like you said, you know, at the start, once Thanos was killed, who is the villain? What's going on? Here he is. It's Thanos. <laughs> Young Thanos. But I like how for older or the younger Nebula to look like Present day Nebula. She just puts that gold plate on her face. <laughs> done. That's it. It's got an upgrade. <laughs> Job done. But we get, uh, you know, we get 2014 Gamora as well, which ties into how they can sort of bring her back into the present. It all ties together. I think we get a different type of Thanos here, though. You know, the Thanos we got in Infinity War, he was on a mission. He was doing what he thought was right. And he was accomplishing it. And I think by the end of it, when they were... When he was being fought, he was like, look, I've pretty much done it. I'm cool. He's a bit more chilled. This guy knew that it had been done in the future, but these people were screwing that up even once he... Like, before he had even actually done it, even though he knew he was destined to do it. And I think that would shake him up a lot more. And I think we got a more aggressive, more determined Thanos that is probably more scarier. And we've got a Thanos that recognised that maybe he was wrong. Because what was happening is he did wipe out half oh, the yeah, universe's towards population. The end, towards the end, yeah. 
But then there were some people that couldn't move on. So then you're thinking, well, maybe I need to wipe everybody out. Let's just start again. Just start again completely. So he came up with a new plan. So it was interesting That's that he... <laughs> but he like thought, oh, actually, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was a good point. You wouldn't think a character like Thanos would admit something like that. I mean, it's a different character. It's, it wasn't a... You know, because in Infinity War, you could almost side with him in a way and agree and say well he has a point where this one it was like um, now he's just being stubborn <laughs> now oh what about when he says that he's worked out you know he's, he's wiped out all these world civilizations and it's never been personal it's just something that needed to be done yeah. he's done it this time it's personal. earth is gonna enjoy it because it's personal and they do they come and they invade but before that they unsnap they bring everyone back Thor, uh, no, not not Thor. Hulk. Thor is the one who says, "I'm the most powerful yeah. Avenger, I'm the strongest Avenger." Call back to Ragnarok again, but um, Hulk puts it on with his gamma body and stuff. He seemed like, and he the, gets quite a bit of damage. I mean, he, <laughs> he has a movie, arm. He has a he's got arm. um, he's got it in a sling. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if Banner would have fully embraced Hulk and just fully raged out, it would have been able to oh, just manage it? Possibly, because we, like I said earlier, he's not as powerful. As Professor Hulk, but then as as Hulk, could Hulk have done it? Well, maybe just because you needed control. Banner needed to think about. I what guess he was so. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's a good yeah. point actually. Yeah, see, he couldn't really go that way. But yeah, like he does bring everybody back, but he's left pretty damaged. Mm. So like we get a bit of exposure to what using the gauntlet, which is an Iron Man handmade gauntlet type thing we see what damage that actually causes when using it which plays a little bit later i mean you've got someone like thanos the mad titan like he's one of the most powerful beings ever like you know he's even without him even without any stones for him it's yeah but even for him though like when he damaged the stones and he had them implode or destroy themselves like it weakened him it hurts him so scarred him yeah we get to this. We get to this final battle. <laughs> oh my god! Where do we start? I'm getting, I could getting honestly get in line at the cinema, pay the full admission, and be more than happy to watch the final battle. I need to watch it again. I I really want to see. it I again. had water in my eyes from you the did. onion I was eating. From all the tears <laughs> from of all joy. the onions. This is a full-on action movie. It is the closest we've ever gotten to a comic book on the big screen. It's all happening in this final this battle. This is the most comic book. Leading up till now, we've had lots of talking and we've had a little bit of action and more talking and it's all been great. I've, I've enjoyed most of it. But now it's a full-on action movie. If you look back this at all the, all the other Avenger movies, there was a lot of action throughout. Age of Ultron had a lot of action throughout. This one, yeah, it's, it's all... Back but this loaded. delivers way more for me than anything we've had before. I mean, if you think back to Age of Ultron, the third act, Floating Cities. Yo! And now we've got this. We've got the final battle. Yes, you know it. And the focus had to be on Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. And as yeah. you say, the other characters they're, are there. They're stuck under the bit under the rubble. You know, caught under things, and you're trying Hulk to get up the building. You've got Hawkeye yeah, got running down the stuff. corridor. The fire. You've got. Ant-Man, it's all happening. Hawkeye's dealing with, you know, the two Nebulas and Gamora and that whole situation. But you get Thor, Cap, and Iron Man, and they're, well, three on one going up against Thanos, and, you know, they're they're doing okay, but they're not doing great. 
gets in there, asses kicked. But the moment that Thor's in a little bit of trouble and you just see Captain America pick up Thor's hammer. Well, first, the hammer flies through the air, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure that the the hammer throws, because Thor's had it, and maybe he's let it go in battle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you're right, Thor, he's on the ground, he's, he's in pain, he's almost defeated again, and then the hammer flies through, and then it whizzes back, and it's caught by Captain America. Yeah, that's how it happens. I had no idea this was going to happen. And this is something that I have seen in the comics, mm. and it and it, it works in the comics, but this is something else. I mean, we had that little tease in the Age of Ultron as well. You know, when he moved he, it a little bit, and you saw the worry in Thor's face. And then what is it like? Something Thor says something on the lines of, "I, I knew it. I knew it." But Captain America and is some worthy. people have questioned. Well, hang on a minute. How is he drawing on lightning? Like, how is he having more powers? And then, if you look at the inscription on the hammer, it does say, "Whoever be worthy." Paraphrasing here, but whoever, whoever wields the worthy, hammer, so you can pick it up, will be worthy. Will be in, in or will get the powers of Thor, pretty much. And it's what happens here. But then, you know, Captain America not only has he got Mjolnir, he's grabbing Stormbreaker, and he's got one in each hand. It is absolutely mental and then he's going at Thanos and it is just so thrilling and everything's working for me I'm loving all of it and you're just thinking this is the peak of this movie this is <laughs> so while I was thinking this anyway I was like this is it can't end. get any bigger than this I spent yeah, the this majority is and huge I wow. spent the majority of Infinity War worried that Cap was going to die and now in this movie there's no other way for it to go. Like, he's beating down. Thanos is beating the, sh- the shield. Let's go back. Tony gives Cap the shield oh, back. Oh, yeah. My dad made this for you. And this was before Tony met his dad in the past, in the time travel bit. That was a great scene. Oh, when he pulls up to the headquarters. He yeah, pulls up to the headquarters and he gives him the shield back. And he's like, Tony, are you sure? My dad made this for you. It's a really good moment. So when he's struggling and then you've got Thanos and he's beating down the shield, bits are flying off. And then Captain America, he's getting knocked to the ground and he's doing this whole thing. Like he always gets up. He can do this all day. And he's standing up and he's struggling. And th- But then he hears someone over on the radio and it's Falcon and the next thing you hear on your, on, left. Your left, <laughs> on your left a call back to Winter Soldier so many callbacks we're at that moment we are there, <laughs> we're there. the portals are opening the portals are opening Falcon we've got Winter Soldier or Bucky we've got Black, Black Panther, Panther the Wakandans and it's like because there's an army of bad guys and then all of a sudden Wakanda arrive and then you've got Spider-Man and you've got the Doctor Strange Wong (laughs) you know they're all here I'm pretty sure the Ravengers rocked up because there were spaceships and there was all sorts coming through Sean Gunn is in the credits I saw him in the end credits (laughs) he's in there somewhere no damn I know we're at the final battle and we've been on a trajectory but in the time travel scene Tilda Swinton back as the ancient one she has a conversation with Banner she's not willing to give up the the time stone but i really like the moment when banner says stephen stephen gave it up yeah he willingly gave it up 
And then the ancient one, even though he's still a surgeon at this time at the other side of New York, and she's like I said, he's supposed to be the best out of all of us. If he did this, there was a reason. Here you go. I really liked that because for the most part I liked that Doctor Strange film, you know, it was a fun movie and he's been really good in it was really good in Infinity War. But that, for me, just carried so much weight with that character. With the Ancient One saying, well, if he says so, let's do it. So it was a really good Doctor Strange moment. And you see as well that Battle for New York, they were protecting the Sanctum, all the other monks. and Yeah. It was a good bit. But sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> Back to the final battle. So portals, I'm crying. I'm in tears. This is amazing. This is amazing. It's just amazing. I can't, I don't know. That's, that's all I want to say. It was amazing. You have pretty much every single character, Ant-Man, Wasp, um, who else have we mentioned? They're all there. Valkyrie on her freaking Pegasus thing. Wings flapping and galloping at the same time. Pick one. <laughs> does it need to be doing both? Hey, it looks cool. It does, but does it need to be doing both? What do you reckon to the, to the bit where... So they've, they've got the chase. They've got the... Is it, they've got the stones or the gauntlet and they're trying to move it away. They're keeping it away from Thanos. Yeah, they're basically playing capture the flag with it. Yeah. Keep away. I liked the exchange between Spider-Man and Captain Marvel. I loved it. That was really good. Hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter Parker. Oh, I love it. There's, <laughs> oh, <crap. laughs> there is a scene that I liked, and I've had conversations with people, and I've not talked to many people, people about this movie, to be honest, but the bit where Captain Marvel, she needs help, and then she's suddenly surrounded by all the female characters. A-Force. Yeah, 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 A-Force in the comics. Yeah, it is yeah. a... I mean, it's it's a brief moment and it's it, a little it on the nose. It's, it's, it's all, very on hey, the nose. Hey, here are our females. So okay, I, but it's cool. Yeah, I took it as a positive, cool thing and who I was talking to didn't. But my thought is having two girls, it was great seeing these yeah. these female heroes all together. Like, it's just one moment, like, what is? But, but I think the, the, the gripe I probably have about that is it's like... Captain Marvel didn't really need a path made for her. I think she would have been okay just to... But she was struggling through. because that was... Was that before or after Thanos removed one of the stones and punched her? No, that's the last time you saw right, her when she okay, gets punched. Then, and, until the very end sort of thing. Oh, when she arrived was absolutely fantastic. So ship. all of a sudden, that ship that's above them, somebody notices that the cannons are now f- facing upwards instead of downwards because they stopped firing on everybody <laughs> and then Captain like, Marvel came like, crashing what are they through doing? just like she did in her own movie we that's her go-to I guess we have missed something very important that we should address let's do it there's probably other things as well Captain America says Avengers Assemble oh did not like it it happened what it's happened in the comics and what for me it's very rare it's used properly what <laughs> Do you, know, do you know why it didn't work for me? Because no one can hear him? Because everybody was assembled. <laughs> True. Everybody's around him, and he says, Avengers, assemble. Now, do you know what? This was just blatant fan service, and I don't give it a shit. It is fan service. I loved it. Because we got the other movie, and at the end was Age of Ultron, and he says, Avengers, and he's about to say it, end credits. Honestly, this I'm glad you brought this up, because it happens in the comics, and it happens in this movie, and you're right, it's fan service, and it's great hearing Chris Evans say, Avengers, assemble. But did they have to already be assembled? It's a huge battlefield. Everybody is already there. And the battle cry is basically, come here. I guess. 
But it does work, and it as was a, a good moment. As a scene, as the portals are opening, and they're all flying through. It's, That's when you do it. That, um, I know he didn't know, so maybe if he did somehow know. But do you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's the battle cry. And, and often, maybe the intention isn't to use it in the way of... Like, nah, coming, yeah. it's not a literal thing, it's just... But Avengers, assemble! It's like, oh, Steve, we're, we're here. We're already here. No, we're assemble over here. there. Yeah. The but, you know, it is great. Like, I'm glad that they said it. Holy I, shit, don't it, dampen this it, moment. It just been better if they were maybe a couple of feet back <laughs> and they had to like shuffle a little bit closer. Oh, we're here. We've assembled. Great. Okay, you know, again, it's, it's the best part of the movie for me, this final battle. I love it. And yeah. I just... It, it has bugged me since watching the movie. I, 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 I can't deal. And I managed to put it out of my mind and you, you brought it up. Captain Marvel has a pretty good beef with Thanos... She does get punched out, as you say, which I think probably made a lot of people who don't like Captain Marvel pretty happy because she wasn't she wasn't their like you know their savior as people were concerned about. Scarlet Witch even has a really intense moment where she's just pissed off. And well, she's, she's like, "You took you took everything from from me," and he's like, "Who are you? I have no <laughs> idea who you are." You touched my hair that one time. <laughs> Called me little girl. This battle, the just. The way that Doctor Strange's plan, how it all just comes together, he just gives Tony the nod, you know, like, this is better than that. This is the moment. Better than that. He raises a finger. This is the one. This is the one out of the oh, 14 million or whatever it was. a good scene. No dialogue. Stark looks over he at Strange. what he has to do. And it's, in, it's all in Downey Jr.'s eyes. You know, you could, going into this movie, I was thinking, whose movie is it? I know it's an Avengers movie, but who are they going to be having lead this movie. And for the most part, they do share it between the big three, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. But a lot of it is Stark, and it started with Stark. And we're getting a fantastic performance from Danny Jr. across the board in this. Mm. He's frail when he comes from space. It's the oldest we've ever seen Danny uh, Danny Jr. look as Stark. But that scene there for me was just like a perfect example of like such a fine actor and him and Benedict Cumberbatch and just in that moment there's explosions and screaming and then just strange raising that one finger I thought it was a great scene he gets he gets that he gets the gauntlet on and you know he does the old switcheroo with the stones with Thanos and you know Thanos he says you know I'm inevitable which is like his thing for this movie oh yes and Tony just replies I am Iron Man (laughs) absolute perfection the setup and the payoff it is from, insane. Not just from Infinity War, but from from Iron Man, from every movie related, you know, <laughs> all of them, to this, like, little hints, things in Age of Ultron where, you know, like, the visions he had, the thoughts, you know, like, him dealing with stuff, and Tony Stark in particular, you know, even the little thing that he has, you know, like, with his left arm, you know, holding it every now and then whenever he's in a tense situation... That's the arm that he uses, that he clicks with. Is that a bit of foreshadowing? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, Convenient. In Infinity War, and Thanos knew who Stark was. I've heard all about you. Yeah. Is that because it happened in this movie? Nah. See, I was thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like how? Or was he just 
heard about him. Well, I mean, he would have heard about him. You know, he sent the Shatari down. He had his guys. Oh, I suppose, you know, yeah. like, he was talking. It would have heard people about, were okay. talking about the Avengers too. I was thinking about of... it afterwards. Like, you know, was that this? Because you know, like you said, I they thinking... did make these movies back to back. But I was also thinking, you know, like, is the fact that Tony Stark had these visions and these thoughts, and you know, he saw this sort of happening. Is it something to do with all this time travel? And, and I'm like, maybe not. I mean, we could just be grasping it. But this would have been planned for a while. Like they yeah. knew they knew what this movie was going to be they when they made Infinity end, yeah. War. Yeah. And leading into Infinity War, they knew. Well, they made it at the same time. <laughs> they yeah. So they knew what this was going to be. But maybe we are just reading too much into it. Time travel's fun though. It but can yeah. be. <laughs> but but Tony Stark is dead. He has died. And I think it was the right choice for for this franchise and for this character. Oh, the the dusting of all of the Thanos and Co. And when Thanos finally ah, oh, it's just yeah. I mean, same ending but different. <laughs> yeah, only this time we're cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> we won. Yay! Lots of. And we get the funeral. Now this pretty much. I mean, this is a nice moment. You get all these characters. There's that moment before, like with his daughter and Pepper. With the hologram thing, you get, you know, the cameras panning through all the characters from all the different movies and different groups. There's that one kid, though, that's standing there and everyone, even myself, at first I was like, who the hell that? Straight away I thought it's the kid from Iron Man 3. Right. The actor, is it Ty Simpkins? Ty Simpkins, yeah. So he's looking different now that he's a bit older. Well, he's about 17 now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, wow. Don't know why I know so much about him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jurassic World, Insidious. It was good that he was there and maybe he's going to be somebody. Well, I mean, Tony gave him all that crap and stuff in that in that third Iron Man movie. There's a character in the comics named Iron Lad. <laughs> Maybe he <laughs> will become he the new Iron Lad. Or even the new Iron Man, why not? It's, yeah, keep it on brand. <laughs> Spider-Man's a kid. <laughs> Iron Boy. He's got man in his title. Um, but it was really nice, somber, um, a good little send-off. If you notice, though, Spider-Man and Tony Stark... No, Spider-Man and Nick Fury are in the same place. Which will lead us into Spider-Man later when I talk about him. But just keep that in mind. I was surprised we got... I guess they're going to save it to, for a uh, Captain Marvel sequel. And the funeral wasn't about anything more than paying respects to Tony Stark. But no interaction between Nick Fury and Carl Danvers. After watching them together in a two-hour movie in Captain Marvel. But they were standing next to each other. They were both they? there. But again, I know it's I mean, about you assume, you assume they talked and had interactions. Well, they're not seen... Well, maybe. What? Off camera? That don't yeah, count. Yeah. That don't count. Just, I didn't see it. It didn't happen. The characters I didn't just, just thought what they, the adventure they shared together in Captain Marvel and her being away and him calling her back on the pager. <laughs> I thought we'd have got at least one moment where one character said to the other, hey. And the other one went, hey. But nothing. Anyway, nothing. I mean, you can't assume they all just rocked up to that lake, stood there, and then just walked away. <laughs> I just thought it was strange. They like, all they, shared some food. They after were and... the main stars of Captain yeah. Marvel that came out a couple of months ago, and then nothing. Nothing. And she's only there because of him, in his pager. That's true. At this funeral, <laughs> though, a really nice scene with a fantastic callback. You've got Stark's daughter Morgan. She's sat there. She's sad and happy. John Favreau himself goes oh, over yeah. and, he, and he sits with her and they're having a chat. Now, John Favreau, he, along with Kevin Feige, he started this whole thing Iron with, Man, yeah. with Iron Man. And when he's saying to her, like, you know, what do you want? Can I get you anything? And she says, 
Is it a hamburger or a cheeseburger? Ah, it's a burger of sorts. I want a, okay, so let's just go with burger, cheese or no cheese, but a hamburger. <laughs> I want a burger. And he's like, I'm going to get you a burger. Very nice. I'm going to get you, you know, all the burgers. All right? It, it's a great, lovely moment. You know that Happy as a character is always going to be there for Morgan. But talking about the burger, this is what I wish I knew it was a hamburger or a cheeseburger. The... That also carries a relevance because you've got, you know, Morgan, she's sad, and the first thing that she wants is a burger. Iron Man 1, when he the gets first back, thing yeah. he wants when he gets free from the cave... It's an American cheeseburger, so it must be a cheeseburger. So he wants a burger. And that's just one of the many, many callbacks. You know, some so small, many. some big, and that's what it is. She is Tony's daughter. It's so good. It is so good. And and the fact they put the original arc reactor... Oh, was it an arc reactor? What do they call it in his chest? Yeah, the original power them. source and, and they put it it's like, like proof that Tony, Tony Stark, Stark has a heart. heart and it's like a Viking funeral and send yeah, they send that it, it was a it was a really really good scene really executed well alright now moving on from Tony Stark finally with Cap so he's I mean he volunteers or whatnot to go back and replace all the stones from where they, they got they all have from. to go back to the exact same place and time that they were taken from yeah, obviously the one they don't return is the one that Loki took so yeah there is a multiverse sort of new timeline set up there but and does he go back and give Red Skull a Tesseract <laughs> like does that happen see that's a thing yeah. it's like here you go Mr. Red Skull <laughs> just like, oh hey that, yeah it must have come up um, in his defence he, he also just say hey Hydra he also takes Thor's hammer back, so that fixes that whole issue as well. So everything seems all tied up in a nice little package. And again, since Infinity War, worrying that Cap was going to die, this is a great alternative. Um, so he doesn't come back as he's supposed to, but we see him over minutes, like seconds later, as an old man sitting on a bench. So he is he obviously stayed wherever he was and lived a, a long, happy life, which he says, you know, the quiet life. There's a couple of moments as I'm looking, I'm thinking, is that just an old guy or is that Chris Evans? And I'm looking closer. <laughs> it's him. Holy crap. I'd say the de-aging, the aging, that is the best we've seen <laughs> in these, I'm not even kidding, in these movies. Aging Chris Evans. They, they did it. Momentarily got me when I thought maybe they've just got an old guy. Yeah. Because I'm sure they could go out and find an old bloke that looks a little bit like Chris Evans. It's possible. Nah, I don't even know what they could do. But they absolutely nailed the look here. Now, we all thought we know Bucky to be sort of the next Captain America type thing is going with what happens in the comics and stuff like that, but he chooses to give the shield to Falcon. In in the movie, in the MCU, Falcon is the right choice. In the comics, I'd lean towards Bucky more, but they definitely play up the darker side. And because Bucky killed Stark's parents, he can't be Cap. That didn't, ha- that didn't happen in the comics. In the movie, Sam Sam is the right choice. It gets you know. And there's that the moment like Bucky does sort of give like a nod of approval. He like, does. This is cool. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be me, but this is fine. Yeah, it it is it is the right choice, and we find finds that Rogers had a life. He got married. Do you want to tell me who she is? Peggy Carter. I don't think I do now. Well, the show of the show. A, f- a well, flashback, actually, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, he he says that he had a life. The assumption is there. You know when they, they had the whole thing in Winter Soldier and Peggy was talking about a family and you saw the pictures on a bedside table of her kids and you never actually saw the husband? Here's the question. Because the rules of this movie, right, this, the, of, this time, of this time travel stuff, is that you can't change the present that you're in. You can go back and any changes you make will 
offshoot will destroy that reality basically and change that and you can if you were to jump back into your time like yeah nothing would be different so it is potential that he went back had a life with Peggy and then created a new timeline and then using the the pin particles a lot later than he was supposed to jump back into you know the reality that he originally came from or can we say that for this instance he always went back in time and had that life with her so when he visited her in hospital she knew but couldn't say anything but she had spent a life with that's what i would like to believe happened yeah and that we never did see her husband and it's because it's steve rogers like where was he at the funeral they, somewhere at the back they don't <laughs> need to go back and change anything like the the filmmakers mm. the the people behind agent carter the, everything's been done in a certain way that they've never shown you or told you who her husband was we just know that she had a husband and she had kids so maybe we get that flashback and it's just something the showing is something we've seen before or the showing is that because he did go and have a life with Peggy Carr. I mean, he kissed his niece. Which is weird. Maybe we go back and change that. <laughs> but it, I thought it was just a good way of doing it. And then you could think, well, this is a really good way of closing the Captain America chapter. I mean, Evans has played this part across however many Without, Avengers yeah. movies. Three Captain America movies. And this doesn't need to be it. Like, we could get a 50s, 60s era Captain America movie, where he's nomad or he's taking another alias. They could make a period piece. I'd assume if they are doing the thing where it's like he lived a quiet life and there was no disturbances to the timeline, then, you know, no, they couldn't. But not as Captain America. Like, is that different aliases in the characters? Is that like the Sentinel or... And you you would have to assume, yes, that's... That always happened. There was always this guy floating around. Like a vigilante type. Yeah. I, I just think, because he has changed as a character, like when we see the two Captain Americas interact, our Captain America swears. The first Avengers movie Captain America, he's not swearing. No. So he's come a long way as a character, so maybe he does go back. I just think... With a foul mouth. Yeah, <laughs> or he's picked up some habits from Thor and, and Tony. But they could still do things with Chris Evans, just not in the in the present day. Because if you put Captain America back in time, living a quiet life, he's still going to be Captain America. Mm. There's still going to be wrongs that need... <laughs> yeah, you, do you know what I mean? That he's, he's still going to be that character. Yeah, how could he just sit back and not want to do things? But if they say this... I mean, apparently there's, there's nods to Namor. In this movie. I didn't see them. Oh, the thing... Well, Akoye mentioned something about an earthquake under something. Right, okay. Something Atlantis. That's where it is. But in... I think during World War II, you had a team of heroes named the Invaders. It was Captain America, Bucky. You had the original Human Torch. Toro, his sidekick, Namor. And they were these heroes together. And they went on, like, uh, Black Ops operations and things like that during the war. Who's to say we don't get a Chris Evans Invaders movie <laughs> yeah. where he's not like wearing the colours and, you know, covert. But if this is it, if this I think is the swan song for Captain America, they nailed it. I think the best thing is to never address anything more <laughs> and just leave it be. 
<laughs> it's so fitting, so perfect. It's, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is. And, and him, as an old man at the end, just being happy. And they can see it. Sam, Bucky, they're happy. Question, though. We know we're getting the Falcon Winter Soldier TV series, and that's what it's said to be called. Are they just waiting until this movie comes out? Like it's going it. to be a Captain America TV series with him. Or do you think they're going to get to the end of the, the season? And it's like a mini event, isn't it? So maybe like eight episodes. And he puts on the costume at the end. And he feels like he needs to earn it. Oh, maybe. And he's like, oh, I've got the shield, but I just don't know what to do with it. It doesn't feel right. He toys with it. He, yeah. I think maybe. you can have Anthony Mackie doing that on the small screen. I don't think he's big enough to carry a Captain America movie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where everything goes in the future. Um, but on that, I guess, I want to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home because that is the next movie that we get. And we have been told by these movie makers, these producers who have been known to lie in the past... They're saying that this is a sequel. This is set after Avengers Endgame. However, we know that the people of Earth, half of them were dusted. The remaining half aged. Carried on with their lives, yeah. Five years have passed. You know, like, they've aged five years. Things have happened. People probably got new partners, got new lives, graduated high school. It's a logistical nightmare. Like, (laughs) Peter just walks up at school. Surely there'd have been more admin involved. My My question is... So, as an example, Peter Parker, I, I don't think this is correct, but I think, say he's born in 2004, right? His, his date of birth on his ID, whatever, passport, driver's license, if he ever gets it, will say 2004. He comes back after the snap. He's still 15 or 16 or whatever. It's now 2023. His ID says he's born in 2004. What the hell do you do? Logistical nightmare. There are issues here. (laughs) Well, when when he sees his mate Ned Leeds in the corridor, I'm like, hang on a minute. The actor looks the same. Oh, he was was dusted too. Well, look, if we look at the uh, the Far From Home trailer, all of his friends look the same age. All dusted. So were they all dusted? (laughs) You went to that school, dusted. His teacher, dusted. (laughs) All of them dusted. I, I honestly believe this will probably be set before Infinity War. I think there might be a chunk of the movie, maybe at the end, possibly set after. Here's my theory. Because I don't, I just don't... But, th- but either way, I don't, though, don't either th- way, Ned Leeds, it's the same actor. Hmm. So it doesn't matter. Oh, it yeah. Can, it can be set after, what does it matter? Ned Leeds was clearly dusted, and he's the same age as Parker. Oh, yeah, well, but I think the movie would get bogged down with like having to deal with that logistical I don't nightmare. think it will get bogged Do you down. I think it's just going to happen The world's just going to go back to normal yeah. within months. I don't know. It just seems like the world it, it is goes, more in a mess. It goes beyond people. What about pets? Okay. What if you've got like, a dog and it's aged five years? I would like to see... I wish they still did those one-shots because then we could just see someone walking home and it's like their wife has moved on with someone else and they just have to deal with that. It's like, oh, well... Imagine if you were a twin. Nuts. And then, you know, <laughs> your twin got dust and you didn't and then they're still like five years younger. That's crazy. I mean, because the focus of this movie, it's all the whiz, bang, wow, you know, there's yeah. superheroes. But it's like... You mentioned, a... you know, very briefly, in the beginning of this movie, of this three-hour, what was it, two minutes, this three-hour movie, we got the man on the street for a little bit. <laughs> and then we got Parker's school at the end where it so we like really didn't cool. get it from the everyman's perspective I mean we did get Burton's wife she found him that was yes. nice 
Oh, we saw the birds outside. That's when they knew the snap first worked. The birds... The birds are back. Linda <laughs> Cardellini. <laughs> She's in this... Looking good. Yeah, <laughs> still looking good. <laughs> I think it's stuff. funny that the, the last review we did, The Curse of the Weeping Woman, we've done back-to-back Cardellini reviews. It's her time to shine, man. No, but here's, <laughs> here's my Spider-Man theory, okay. if you'll hear me out. I'll okay, I reckon the chunk of the movie, when they go to Europe and all that, set before Infinity War, they're not even going to address it. The movie's just going to start, play out. I'm not going to mention anything about anything bad happening. The world's going to look normal. I think, from the trailers, you've got MJ and Peter falling in love. It's going to be really lovey-dovey. I reckon they're going to be coming back from the airport on that bus, and then boom, you know, the movie's wrapped up. They look up in the sky, it's the start of Infinity War. Holy shit, it really is set before. Then suddenly, we all know what happens next. Five years later, you have Peter and Ned meeting back at the school again. The world is a little bit more in chaos. The movie doesn't really have to address it because it focuses on something else, and it's just at the end. Possibly... MJ is five years older or something, graduated high school, moved on. Oh, shit. Or something like that. Something terrible. Something bad. Does that mean they've sacked Zendaya? No, I don't know, just, maybe. Have they just aged her up? Maybe. I just think... I don't know. I think they could do something I mean, you, you're on the record here. Maybe you're right. But I, I just think Far From Home's going to be the sequel to Homecoming and it's going to take place after this movie. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to deal with the repercussions because it's going to be following teenagers who are very self-involved <laughs> doing their own thing. Yeah. I don't... And it's interesting, isn't it? It would just because be easier if they just said, look, it's set before, that's it. But they don't have to do anything fun and fantastic like I was saying with like is, a twist. But... This is phase four, isn't it? No, we're in phase three. Okay, fa- okay. And Far From, far from Home to be is the final movie in phase three, in phase three which makes no sense. It should be Endgame. Endgame should be the final More reason movie. why I think it should be a prequel. But anyway, what else have we got? we got no post-credit scenes or nothing. So nothing teasing anything, although the end credits are amazing with the signature. I think it was beautiful. Nice send-off. I believe this has been done before, and it was Star Trek The Undiscovered Country. Right. The last Star Trek movie with the original cast, and that was like how they did their farewell. And they signed their signatures at the end. Very nice. But it, it is nicely <laughs> done there and here. There is, over the Marvel Studios title th- or end title thing at the very end, there is a sound effect of like a hammering, whether that's just a callback to Iron Man, like the first Iron Man movie, or if it means something more. I'm hearing this for the first time, and I say it's a callback to Iron Man. That's all it is. Because that's... Again, this it's is not Harley Keener in his shed like <laughs> Well, could be, but this movie is all about Tony Stark coming full circle. Yeah. So I think the last thing you hear is him in the cave. Okay, so going forward as Guardians of the Galaxy, are we getting Thor and the Guardians in Guardians 3? I mean, James Gunn is coming back. Who knows? Maybe that's what it was going to be before Gunn came back on board as, as director. But then again, it was going off his script, wasn't it? I just think Guardians 3 will open and they'll just mention that Thor's just left. I don't think Thor's going to be part of the team. No, okay, fair enough. It was, it was a good... Him and uh, Star-Lord had some great scenes together in Infinity War where they're like, you know, who's the bigger macho? <laughs> and just doing it again here when he's like, say, Asgard. Asgardians of a Galaxy. Yeah, you probably don't need a whole movie of it, do you? No, I think it works yeah. Works enough there. And he's like, okay, as long as you know as a captain, and it's, yeah, it was good. But they look like they're going to be searching for this new Gamora that has no idea who these people are. 
that seems to be the tease of the setup for it. So that that could be our Guardians three. You know the scene with the final battle and Drax the Destroyer, Dave Batista, as he's like got a dagger in each hand and he's sort of like just jabbing, like stabbing one after the other. Yeah. Made me chuckle because he just took me back to Guardians Volume Two. <laughs> it's just funny seeing him in combat. That was a good, just good scene. Um, Black Widow, I think we both agree. has to be. A it's probably a prequel. Has to surely. Be a prequel. And the Loki Tony timeline could be his new show. Possibly. I think he's got. I mean, it makes sense. You know how they're doing that what if thing? What if all the what ifs are based on all the timeline crap that they screwed up? I mean, what if is <laughs> an established comic run, but they could adapt it that way. Yeah, do a few things here. You know, I mean, why not like link it to Avengers Endgame opening weekend, $1.2 billion. Why not attach they your horse to that wagon? The what ifs can be all of the 14 million other timelines that Doctor Strange thought. <laughs> saw. I said Thor. Anyway, I think that's it. Is that Avengers Endgame? That is okay. Avengers Endgame. Let's rate this. You going to go first? I, for the long time, was thinking, ordinarily, if I have issues, problems, if there's something that's not quite working for me, I will, I will take points away. So if we're looking at out of five... For the longest time, because Professor Hulk <laughs> and not completely on board with all the time travel storylines, I was thinking 4.5. But then I thoroughly like, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I was engrossed in this movie. And for me, the movie, it, it was more, more than just watching the movie. Like unlike any other movie I've experienced, the the leading to watch this movie, the preparation, like the excitement, like when this movie, like the joy I was getting from this movie, like I can't compare it to any other movie I've watched that's given. I've not had a better experience watching a movie than watching this movie. Like when it delivered, it really, really delivered. And Professor Hulk aside, I think I'm gonna go in. Boulder's Brass, five out of five, with a caveat, didn't always work for me. Some minor things that I have talked about. But on the whole, the the experience of watching this movie was like no other. And we said in the opening that I mean we might not even see this again in our lifetimes. I mean it's oh, yeah. it's not been done before, and maybe people would do it again with other franchises. Maybe in you know Another 11 years, Marvel will do it again, but it'll never be this. It's more than a movie, it's an experience, and it's a five. I think, I mean, like, you're right, this is more than just a movie, it's a cultural phenomenon, it's the experience of it, the going into preparing, the trying to protect the, the what you know about the movie, trying not to be spoiled about it. All of this history that you're bringing into it you know, we we all had the faith that they would deliver, and I think they have. I've got some, you know, squabbles with it. I do think that first chunk of the movie is really rushed. The, you know, the Thor thing, there are issues. Like you, like you have your issue with Professor Hulk, I've got my issues with Thor. But it all comes good, and I think by the end of the movie, the payoff, I mean, how can I sit here and give it anything less if I, you know, I was actually in tears? If the movie gave me a moment where... I was actually so overwhelmed that I was almost 
like I couldn't breathe, you know? Like, I was filled with tears when those portals were opening and characters flying out. Like, it's nothing I've ever seen before on screen. Um, and I'm just so glad that I've been alive and been able to go on this journey with these movies up until now. Like, it's incredible. Um, I'm going to be a cheeky bastard that I'm giving a 4.5 out of 5. So, that's still, I mean, it's still so high, but, you know, like, there are little faults and tweaks that it's just not as balanced as, say, Infinity War was. That was perfectly constructed and balanced in <laughs> just like Thanos says the universe should be. Um, yeah, it wasn't as structurally sound as a film, so I'll, I'll knock it a uh, half a point off for that. But, oh my god, the experience. Could not recommend this movie enough. All the MCU. Man, we you got to the end of this and here we are. Amazing. I've got a little bit of trivia. Just... I feel like I really went easy on Professor Hulk. (laughs) Just to wind us down after all that. Um, This movie marks two additional cast members from the TV show Community um, who are joining the MCU, or three additional cast members if you only count the Russo Brother-directed films. Uh, We've had Danny Pudi and DC Pearson appear in Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Jim Rash appeared in Captain America Civil War. Both of those movies, of course, directed by the Russos. Uh, We had Donald Glover appear in Spider-Man Homecoming, and Brie Larson, who guest starred in a number of episodes of Community, of course, plays Captain Marvel. She joins Ken Jeong and Yvette Nicole Brown in this movie, Avengers Endgame, which we know is directed by the Russo brothers. It was great seeing Ken Jeong in this. I do like him. I'm a fan. There really are a lot more people in this movie than, like... Because, you know, the, I was saying, like, there's just no... Outside yeah, okay, of the Avengers, that's, yeah, but it's minor. It's it, fair no, it is, it is very minor. And when you're talking about uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, that was... It oh, that was a cinema. In, in, yeah. in a flashback. Yeah. Not a flashback, a time... Yeah, a time okay, back. Yeah, okay. A time back. A time back. <laughs> time back. You know what I noticed, though? I mean, Brie Larson, she's not an, a community cast member, but she has been in the show. So I wouldn't put her in with the rest of them. No, when you're talking about Danny Pudi and... You know, Ken Jeong, Jim Rash, listing all those guys. What I will say is that they are in this because they were in community and the Russo's directed a number of episodes. Yeah. Donald Glover is in it because he's Donald <laughs> Glover and he's a great actor in his own right. I think the other ones, the good in comedies and the yeah, good in yeah, community, yeah. but it's a little nod and a tip of the hat. Hey, you in community, let's put you in this. I just feel as though Donald Glover really earned that role and he's actually playing a part the only one that has a part the Russos have said this is it no more Marvel studio movies they're they're said to be I think MGM they're looking at remaking a heap of their movies starting with the Thomas Crown Affair so they're going to be off doing that they've got their own production company so you just know that very disappointed at the end of his phone Chevy Chase (laughs) he is not going to get that Marvel call I mean Joel McHale has he not popped up he was in Spider-Man 2 Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count, that does it? The guy in the bank. But he's, but he's done a Marvel. He's he done a Marvel. If it happened before Iron Man, doesn't count. Chevy Chase, though. Got to feel for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not getting that call. Yeah, shit. Um, but that's it for our review of Avengers Time Heist. No, hey. <laughs> no, that's I do it. like that title. Oh, that's great. It should have been the title. That's it for our review of Avengers Endgame. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. 
and we also have our sister shows Rewinding Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. Now that we've done Avengers Endgame, it's time to retire, I reckon. <laughs> no, okay, we'll be back. We will, with Detective Pikachu. Woo! Let's talk Pokemon. Because one of us wants to. <laughs> and Sounds Like Comics have an upcoming episode looking at the Umbrella Academy and Rewinding Review are covering Place Academy. All seven. Or maybe just the first one. <laughs> I, just, <will> be... <laughs> I didn't realise what it was like. Two Academy things. Yes, yeah. oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so Rob and Jason will be talking all things Place Academy 1. <laughs> Not all seven. That's it. You've been listening to Jason and Luke for a very long time. Thank you very much. The guys from That Film Spew. See you soon.